give him some ham and eggs. Yes, ma'am. That's very kind of you, sister, but I'm not hungry. A cup of coffee and a sinker will fix me up fine. Don't be a sucker. Give him some ham and eggs. The way I'm fixed, 35 cents isn't going to make any difference. Here. Thanks. Things a little tough, huh? Wouldn't be sitting in an owl wagon for local color. They locked me out of my room. Oh, that's too bad. Well, things are tough everywhere. War in Europe, strikes over here, there's no work, there's no food. Drink your coffee while it's hot. What'd they lock you out of your room for? Did I ask you any questions? I'm sorry. It's all right. You been in Hollywood long? Long enough. Trying to crash the movies or something? Something like that. I guess that's pretty hard to do. Huh? I guess so, and you've got close enough to find out. Oh, sorry. Say, who's being sorry for who? Am I buying you the eggs, or are you buying me the eggs? I'd just like to repay you for them. All right, give me a letter of introduction to Lubitsch. I might be able to do that, too. Who's Lubitsch? Drink your coffee. Can you act? What'd you say? I said, can you act? Sure, I can act. Would you like me to give you a recitation? Go ahead. Skip it. My next act will be an impersonation of a young lady going home on a thumb. In that outfit? How about your own outfit? I mean, haven't you got a car? No, have you? No, but... Then don't get ritzy. And I'll tell you some other things I haven't got. I haven't got a yacht or a pearl necklace or a fur coat or a country seat or even a winter seat. I could use a new girdle, too. I wish I could give you some of the things you need. <laughs> you wouldn't be trying to lead me astray, would you? You know, the nice thing about buying food for a man is that you don't have to laugh at his jokes. Just think. If you were some big shot like a casting director or something, I'd be staring into your bridgework saying, yes, Mr. Smearcase, no, Mr. Smearcase, not really, Mr. Smearcase. <gasps> Mr. Smearcase, that's my knee. Give Mr. Smearcase another cup of coffee, make it two. Want a piece of pie? No, thanks, kid. Why, Mr. Smearcase, aren't you getting a little familiar? Look. Thanks. Look, if you wanted to stay in Hollywood a little longer... Well, I don't want to stay in Hollywood a little longer. I've used up all my money, all my going home... Well, money. I was just going to say, I have a friend that's out of town, and you might be able to stay at his place for a couple of weeks, and maybe by then things would break a little better for you. Or he might even be able to help you a little. No, thanks. There's no strings to this, kid. I know you don't know who I am, but I used to know a few people around here, and this guy's really out of town. And you know a way in through the window or something, no thanks. No, I'm pretty sure that in this case... I'm he... going home, big boy. I can get right out of here in a little while. I don't like to think of you asking a bunch of thugs for lifts along the highway. Then don't think about it. You mean you just get in any car that comes along? Anything but a Stanley Steel. <sighs> that, of course, is Sullivan's Travels. Released 81 years ago. Veronica Lake and Joel McCray. Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Let's just let it play. If he has already opened his Christmas gift, that, of course, is Jason Almy's gift, the Criterion Collection, because I don't play. If I'm going to get you a gift, it's going to be Criterion, because that's what I got for my birthday, and he told me he had the DVD, and so, as Clint Eastwood said, that's me making your day. <laughs> Sullivan's Travels is this comedy kind of taken from I mean it's 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 a satire 
from uh, Preston Sturgis. Uh, McRae plays a successful Hollywood director, John L. Sullivan, an idealist who believes you can't accurately direct a screen tragedy unless you live it first. Disguising himself as a bum, Sullivan sets off to see America from the bottom up. Along the way, he befriends a beautiful but cynical stray, played by Veronica Lake, and learns about the cruelty of life among the less fortunate. In the midst of brutality and despair, the young director makes a vulnerable discovery that what the downtrodden need most is laughter. Hailed by critics as Preston Sturgis's masterpiece, Sullivan's Travels reveals the wonderful insight and artistry of one of Hollywood's finest directors. And I sent it over to my friend Jason Almy and my friends Jason Almy and Christina Almy and their family for them to enjoy for the holiday season. I'm sure the kids won't understand it yet, but give them time, they will understand the wonderful world of Criterion because their father has a lot of Criterion. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, this is the Dr. Zeus phone podcast. It, it really, it gets great. It gets great around the holidays. And I like to share the wealth. I, I truly do. It really is a magical time. It's better to give than receive. I know many of you want to receive, and that's fine. I understand that. But giving is giving is the way it's at. So here we are. It's oh, jeez, two. Is, when is Christmas? Two weeks? Is it two weeks? Oh my! Here we go. <laughs> But um yeah. It's it's been a it's been a fascinating time. And to bask in these films and to share them with people, that's what it's all about. Now, Kim Basinger very famously played a Veronica Lake lookalike, a prostitute. In L.A. Confidential, released 25 years ago. But the real Veronica Lake is the real deal. Did you say? I said there's absolutely nothing they can do. 
those were the films of the day and it was all about the trailers and the humor released december 29th 1941 mm. an american comedy film that really i mean the satire satires really didn't get a lot of credit as they do now but back in 1941 come on before that, Sturgis made The Great McGinty, The Lady Eve, and Christmas in July. Now, over time, the film's reputation has improved tremendously. Media historian Hal Eckertson classified it as a classic, one of the finest movies about movies ever made, and a masterpiece. In 1990, it was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally and historically and aesthetically significant. Because at the, when it first came out, it wasn't received I, the way they wanted it to be. The, film primarily, the film's primary theme is summed up in the last line of the dialogue as spoken by Sullivan. There's a lot to be said for making people laugh. Did you know that all, that's all some people have? It isn't much, but it's better than nothing in the cockeyed car caravan. Yep. Oh my god, this film. It's legendary. Back then, you know, they, they filmed these films really, really quickly. It's legacy. I mean, the AFI's 100 Years, 100 Laughs put it at number 39. AFI's 100 Years, 100 Cheers put it at number 25. And AFI's 100 Years, 100 Movies 10th Anniversary Edition put it at number 61. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? The non-existent book that Sullivan wants to adapt for the screen was used as a title of a film by the Coen brothers in 2000. That's true. Oh, oh Brother, Where Art Thou? is really based on Homer's Odyssey. Now, I hope that Jason and Christina and family are probably watching it or studying it. Ah, here we go. The, the Criterion Collection. You see? You see the symbolism of it? Capital and labor destroy each other. It teaches a lesson, a moral lesson. It has social significance. Who wants to see that kind of stuff? It gives me the creeps. I saw the newspapers till I was 20, then I worked in a shoe store and put myself through law school at night. Where were you at 20? Well, I was in college. When I was 13, I supported three sisters and two brothers and a widowed mother. Where were you at 13? I was in boarding school. I'm sorry. Where's the swimming pool? You must have a swimming pool. Right out here. I want this to be a picture of dignity, a true canvas of the suffering of humanity. But with a little sex. With a little sex in it. I'm going out on the road to find out what it's like to be poor and needy, and then I'm going to make a picture. If you'll permit me to say so, sir, the subject is not an interesting one. The poor know all about poverty. Oh, my God. 
think. If you were some big shot like a casting director or something, I'd be staring into your bridgework saying, yes, Mr. Smearcase, no, Mr. Smearcase, not really, Mr. Smearcase. Ah, Mr. Smearcase, that's my knee. And those are the Criterion Collection trailers, Three Reasons Sullivan Travels, Sullivan's Travels. They always do that to kind of promote why it's going into the you know, the collection because it's about laughter because it's it's magical. Here is another filmmaker talking about Sullivan's Travels. Sullivan's Travels is a story of a person who is insulated and protected by a success. He has so many people around him, so many handlers and agents and managers, and he's living in this kind of a, a glamorous vacuum. And he decides he wants to change his career and get rid of the movies that have made him successful, the comedies, all the lighthearted, you know, kind of souffles. And he wants to make a, oh, brother, where art thou? He wants to tell the ultimate tragedy. And to do that, he wants to find out what it's like to experience tragedy and hardship. And so he sort of goes into disguise as a hobo, but he's followed by the same coterie of chefs and hairdressers and managers and agents, and then fate steps in, and he really becomes the character he wants to tell a story about. The inspiration we learn is that, that laughter, you know, heals all wounds. That if you can laugh, you'll, you'll get better, and you'll feel better, and you'll find your way out of the jam you're in, and you'll see the light at the end of the tunnel. And that is Steven Spielberg talking about Sullivan's Travels. Sullivan's Travels is just one of those comedies. Comedies are really the films that don't get a lot of attention, especially when it comes to the awards. But in these days, I would say fuck the awards. One of my favorite films of the year was The Northman. Obviously, it's not going to get any awards, which is fine by me. But when it's something like Sullivan's Travels, it's all about the legacy of making people laugh. And here is... Veronica Lake from 1971. She left Hollywood at the height of her career and had never returned. Her autobiography, Veronica, which uh, is uh, just, just out, I believe, uh, tells how she succeeded and also how she failed. And it's an interesting document about what can happen to a person in Hollywood. Will you welcome, please, Miss Veronica Lake? This photograph, for some reason, I don't know why I remember you more this way. This picture on the on the back of the book. Do you, do you remember what, what what you were thinking when you posed for photograph well, like that? I think what was, that was the original Lolita, um, whatever you want to name. That was it. Yeah. yeah. That was seventeen. You were seventeen at that time. Mm, this is forty-eight now. The one thing I do. Now want... I can giggle. Yeah. I, you know what I want to know most, and I never asked you this. I met you one one time before, and I forgot to ask. Is it true? Well, you can ask it. I won't guarantee an answer. I'll ask it. Is it true that Alan Ladd had to stand on a box because he was short and they, they had to dig a trench? No, I had to stand on the box to be told, but depending on the angle of the camera. Yeah. But for many of his leading ladies, he had to stand on a box. Well, I'm only 5'2". He was 5'8 and a half. 
Yes, so we, but for I some got of to them, wear flat heel shoes with him all the time. It was you, lovely. What's your height? 5'2". Five 5'2". Two. Five two. Mm-hmm. And what was Alan Ladd's actual height? Five eight and a half, Five which eight. surprises people. Oh, yeah. Because they think of him as being much smaller. But he was beautifully put together, but small-boned. Mm-hmm. And the Blue Dahlia was... Was that your favorite film with him, or your favorite film of all? I, that's the one I always think of when I think of the, the Blue Dahlia. Oddly enough, um, all of the pictures that Ellen and I made together were good commercial pictures, mm-hmm. but not my favorites. Yeah. Do you miss Hollywood? I'm going to find out shortly, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. You're going back for... Well, I don't know whether they're going to ask me or what. After they read this book, that I said, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've already said, I'm going to look through that airplane window and say, are they welcoming me home with open arms or they're ready to have their guillotine after me? Were, were, are you, were you as cool in those days as you look in these photographs? You look like the coolest person in the world. I think about the only thing I could say about that, I probably, mm-hmm. they didn't have that expression at the time, but I was probably the original teeny bopper really because i was so frightened this was the facade of the coolness the cold Mm -hmm. and the whole bit that i think rather than a sex symbol i was a sex zombie yeah what a strange phrase (laughs) and so that's veronica lake sitting down with dick cavett um in 1971 and she died unfortunately in 1973 of cirrhosis of the liver but yeah, she turned her back on Hollywood. A, a lot of actors just found Hollywood to be very <laughs> cutthroat. And it is. It's very cutthroat. And we talked about that last night when I was honoring Stephen Twitch uh, Boss. And Veronica Lake, you know, she left the business. She was a really great comedian. But I also think because her beauty, she was very, very beautiful. And in Hollywood... That's the unfortunate thing. You either are just beautiful or you can act. You can never be the same. And they always did that to Paul Newman because he was good looking. That Oh, he can act and he actually could. Same with Vivian Lee of, of Gone with the Wind. And so Sullivan's Travels. I hope that Jason Almy and Christina Almy and family enjoy the film. I don't. Is, is the Thin Man in Criterion? He would know more than I do. <laughs> But it's my gift to you. I hope you enjoy it. And as we end tonight, Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, let's see. Is the Thin Man in Criterion? It could be. Is it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Or no, that's my man, Godfrey. (laughs) Same actor. Um, William Powell. Do I? Uh, yeah, I do have my man Godfrey in uh, Criterion. The Thin Man, though, I don't think it's in Criterion. It should be. I know that Jason would agree with me. And I want to give a shout out to Mr. Adam Simmons and Mr. Chris Wetzky. But Adam Simmons, because I watched, he did a live of him making a pizza, and I was like, whoa. It looked delicious. And he said, you know how California, it's not the same. And I said, yes, I know that. Um, How in, uh, what is it? 
you know, New York, it's all about the water in California, like our bagels and everything. And yeah, it's, it's just one of those things, you know? So yeah, that's, uh, that's the Dr. Zeus film podcast as always unpleasant dreams. <laughs>